Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my good, good friend, Mr. J.W. Crewall. J.W., how's it hanging today? It's going pretty well, Riley. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, I gotta say. With the exception, and it's a major one, um, I've had some pretty high-level difficulties with allergies over the last uh, last week or so. Um, I am quite literally, I think I mentioned this last week, allergic to my place of work. <laughs> well, can I be the first to say oof? That's right. I think you are the first to say that in response. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. quite rough. It's cringe. It's cringe for sure. It's definitely cringe, bro. <laughs> this is not based at all. No, definitely not poggers. <laughs> so that's been going on, but otherwise things have been going well. How are you doing? Um, I'm not allergic to anything that's as nice. of now. Yeah, it's my change. Good. Might not. Might change. Who knows? You know, the climate is changing rapidly, so they say. My allergies may change rapidly, so they say. Um, but uh <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm doing good, man. I got like a bunch of like just content ideas flowing through my brain and I just like, don't have the time to do them. And uh, I want to play Pokemon Unite more. But I don't have the time to do that. And I want to play I want to play one last tournament in this format because I felt like I really didn't play many online tournaments. I mean, I haven't throughout the pandemic, but I don't think I've played a single format tournament in this yeah um in this format so like i want to just give it one one try one go uh play something degenerate and kind of send this format off they're in the middle of starting a massive battle that will last centuries to come oh man generations of cats will feel this one those usually don't end well no gotta say no, no one comes out of these battles a winner. No, certainly <laughs> least of all you. I'd, least I'd of imagine. all me. Yeah. Least of all me. Um, yeah, no, I I totally feel that man. A lot going on. It feels like time is slipping through my fingers lately. Yeah, definitely. Fingers. I mean, it's it's like kind of a good thing to like. I feel like I'm busy enough. Like it's not like I'm wasting away, but. I just wish I had more time in the day to accomplish the things that I feel like I want to accomplish. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. So, well, that's not to say though we don't have plenty of cool things on the horizon. I mean, let's be let's be real there too. Uh, we got rotation coming up. We got evolving skies coming out soon, and we've had the the great pleasure of over the last couple of. Uh, Last couple of weeks, I suppose, been learning more and more about the 25th anniversary celebration set. Yes, uh, absolutely, which is very exciting. I was super hyped from this or for this rather ever since they had announced it. And as we learn more and more, I'm getting just more and more excited for it. I think the one card that really stands out to me, and if you have any other standouts, feel free to shout them out, JW. But the professor's research, Professor Oak that i saw it for the first time i think either today or yesterday and it is so cool i mean fresher oak obviously like the original discard draw seven back then it was more equivalent to like an item uh, but having oak like be remembered and having his own discard draw seven in the modern day the art's different um, 
and I was talking talking to JW for the cast. I'm not sure if I wanted them to go with the original art uh, and kind of just recreate the card, or if it'd be cooler to do a new art. But the new art is really cool. He's kind of like reaching outside <laughs> of the card and like writing on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know what that's supposed to mean. Like I feel like there's a symbolism there that I'm missing. He's he's extended his reach beyond the bounds of just the game. Right, right, something like that. You know, when when the designer was like creating the card, they're like, "Oh, wouldn't this be symbolic and cool of something?" But I don't know. It looks way, nice, though. Neat. I gotta it's say, it's like a it's a fun twist on the formatting of the card, at the very least. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I have to imagine that a playset of those will be very expensive. <laughs> yes, yes, I have to imagine. Like the whole set is probably going to be ridiculous. Um, yeah, we'll just have to see about allocations, man. Are you going to try to pick up any IRL? Uh, definitely, yeah. I'm really, really excited for this set. I really want to open some up. Yeah, me too. Me too. So badly. We'll see if I can't get Full Grip to like hook me up. Yeah, with a whole uh, collector's master set. Yeah, collector's <laughs> master set for sure. Of everything. There you go. Um <laughs> any other cards that have been revealed we haven't really talked about celebrations are there any of the celebrations reveals that really excite you get your blood pumping um yeah i mean i uh, i love the primes that's that's something we've talked about a lot but i think the primes just that aesthetic is just so fun and i'm glad they're bringing it back with the dragapults the also the light the light toxicity I think it's so cool as well because yeah. that was, you know, I mean, that was right when I was getting into the game as a kid where I wasn't, you know, I could buy the Neo sets, right, when I was just getting into it. So, like, I bought a lot of base set packs to be sure and base set two primarily as well. Uh-huh. But I was also buying, you know, those Neo sets, those, um, you know, light and dark Pokemon, right? I remember them very fondly. So, it's really awesome <laughs> to see that light toxicity in there and, I'm definitely going to try to get one of those as well. Yeah. I, all the cards are so, so cool. I want them all, to be honest. I, I, I kind of hope they almost, like, overprint celebrations just so I can, like, get it for myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> it'd be so fun to open them all and, like, collect them by yourself over time. Well, thank goodness they're not, like, putting them in Happy Meals or something. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no tweets of 100 Happy Meals. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was a crazy week, wasn't it? That was an interesting week, for sure. But hopefully, yeah, like you said, you know, hopefully the the lines of manufacturing are maybe a little bit more restored um, from when they were, you know, kind of. I hesitate to say when we were deep in the pandemic because, like, who knows what's on the horizon. I was just reading a stat today that fifty one percent of Americans think that the worst of the pandemic is yet to come. <laughs> That's good. I mean, at least that's, you know, I don't know if that's like too doom and gloom or like it's very, very realistic. Very but, doomer. Um, yeah. yeah, and the other 49% haven't gotten vaccinated. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I do, we're talking about breakthrough cases and sorry to like take this, you know, I don't know how, whatever side you guys fall on. Um you know, of our listenership. I, sorry to take this in this direction, but somebody that I know just like had the vaccine and, and just got COVID. So it's like, it's starting to, it's starting to hit a little too close right now. We've had 
from my perspective, I've had like, oh, you know, a friend of a friend, you know, has gotten COVID or like a friend of a friend's grandmother, like had COVID and like passed away or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's never been like a friend of mine. And so, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's finally happening. Had COVID last week, actually. And they had the vaccine. Yeah. They did go to a music festival, though. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. kind of a recipe for disaster here. well this yeah and this one went to florida so it's like <laughs> okay you know go to and the, the music festival was in florida <laughs> <laughs> oh brother so there you go yeah <laughs> maybe maybe they met each other down there <laughs> you know what why wouldn't surprise me so, well all this to say you know get your vaccinations and get uh you know get vaxxed up, wear your masks, and, you know, hopefully we can get real-life events returning back to us in a timely fashion. Um, in the meantime, though, we still have evolving skies very imminently coming up, and post-rotation, as a consequence, is just around the corner. We talked the other week about getting, like, too preemptive on, on post-rotation, but it is getting ever closer. So we thought we'd give some preliminary thoughts on you know, what's standing out to us, maybe things that we kind of adjusted our stance on from previous discussions. JW, is there anything that initially jumps out at you? I have like a couple of ideas, but. Yeah, well, a lot of, I mean, a lot of what I know of post-rotation is from Tricky Jim's streams. So seeing the Rayquaza deck in action has been really helpful for, just kind of getting a feel on how that deck is going to, you know, actually look post rotation. I, I gotta say I'm pleasantly surprised by it just in the sense that, um, it ran a lot more smoothly than I imagined. Um, and I don't know if you feel this way too, or feel completely different, but I just felt like I, I was a little skeptical of the dynamotor. Mm hmm kind of strategy right because i've lived through that and <laughs> i you know i lived through rayquaza ex right the kind of original the predecessor uh that this card's based on and it it was good i don't want to say it was bad but there were definitely a lot of flaws you know right if you didn't get out your electrics early enough or if your opponent was able to you know gust them up and knock them out like it just got really hard and so right similarly you know, I was thinking, okay, well, it's probably going to be, uh, you know, in the same vein as that, right? And and you saw it kind of struggle against the uh, Rapid Strike Urshifu, naturally, because sniping two Flaffies on the bench is quite strong, it turns out. Um, <laughs> and then the deck just kind of folds, which was what, you know, I, I lived through, again, where you have those, um, have those bench sitters knocked out. But it did hit for some nice numbers like against the decks that just kind of ram you know ram you like the uh alchemy shadow rider for instance and i imagine also into something like eternatus where it's just kind of a a one-trick pony um you can actually get those one shots whereas the other deck has to two shot you in most cases it's true it's true i kind of have mixed feelings about rayquaza uh it did run very smooth when andrew's playing it um, in terms of just like getting set up mm-hmm. um sometimes when i'm looking at it i am worried about like the duration of time it takes mm. to, to get a one shot um because you you can't just fire and then one shot usually 
which is something that Ray EX had going for it. Right. Uh, it was a lot easier to attach a fire in one shot. Um, but three dynamotors doesn't really get you there. You need a fourth, um, which is really detrimental to the deck, in my opinion. That said, I, I think, um, you know, if, you, if you're able to hit decks that kind of give you that one turn to just, like, charge, then you're usually in a good spot. Um, so I would say overall I have mixed feelings. I was very, very excited about Rayquaza when they initially announced it. Um, and I, I don't know if it got all the way to like what I wanted it to be, but it did do well is kind of my thought, you know, like it's good, but maybe not as good as I wanted it to be. Well, and I wonder if, and we got kind of a sneak peek of this on the stream, but I wonder if a heavier Rose engine is the way to go. Because think about it, right? You can still discard yeah. your hand. And I'm I'm for that. I'm for Rose. You know, like we just, just play four Rose. Like, you know, actually just go all in on the Rose strategy. Because I think <laughs> Andrew is playing somewhere between one and two. You know, just a, a lower count, right? As you would kind of expect and just to try out the card. Um, but, you know, if you think about the damage that you can do, right? So you uh, accelerate with Rose. That's already 160 damage. And then you just would need an attachment and one dynamotor, right? All the while you're like discarding your hand and drawing more cards. And, uh, you know, maybe you throw in a Krikatoon there in the mix, draw a few more cards. Like there's just um, a lot of benefits, I think, to that Rose yeah. uh, that maybe need to be explored a little bit more and maybe could be, dare I say, leaned into a little bit more. Yeah, maybe you just play like a research rose kind of supporter line and just knock out what's in front of you most of the time. I mean, that that really seems like how, you know, the Rayquaza deck of the past was played. It just seems like, you know, now we're doing it all over again. Um, just with I mean, this bit is like different... such a close parallel to that deck, yeah. really. So Exactly. And it's just kind of like a one one trick pony. Like you're just going all in on the one shots on these, um, you know, on these VMAXs and uh and, and, yeah. and you just don't really care about your end game. Yeah, for sure. Necessarily. And I, I so. will say, historically, I have, in the VMAX era, I have enjoyed those kind of decks. It's not something I've necessarily enjoyed before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one-shotting VMAXs is such a novelty, I guess, that it's more interesting to me. Uh, you know, I tried to make that work with single strike. It didn't quite get all the way there to where it needed to be. Um, yeah. But maybe Rayquaza is the, is the next iteration of that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. The cool thing about the Rayquaza is that you don't have to discard all the energy. Right. So so I like that a lot because it lets you just like build up just like a massive Rayquaza and just like devote way too many resources to it. And then, you know, you can just continually like, you know, adjust right. how many energy you discard better, for the situation. Makes things better and against like one prize decks yeah. and things like that where you were trying to lean more into like trading yeah um as opposed to just one-shotting so yeah yeah i, I mean i like the concept a lot for sure i i think the one the one deck and you mentioned this earlier that just really stands out in this metagame is the rapid striker shifu deck it has the consistency of the rapid strike engine alongside intellion it has the urshifu sniping which is really unchecked in this format so decks like Rayquaza can really suffer in the face of a rapid flow yeah on turn two right and just like obliterate your setup you know it's like not even there's like nothing you can really do to counter it yeah you know that's that's the scary part about it yeah so i mean rapid strike seems 
really, really scary heading into this metagame. I mean, I'm sure you feel similarly. Do you have any ideas for how to counteract that at all? I don't. I think, you know, it just will depend on, like, whether or not you um, feel like the metagame is is good enough to play a little bit more of a setup-based deck. Yeah. I don't know that there's necessarily a counter to Rapid Strike other than, you know, playing a Psychic deck. So probably your Alchemy um, right. Shadow Rider. So, yeah, it, it would just kind of be a metagame thing, right? Where it's like, well, if there's a lot of Psychic, then probably not a lot of people will play Urshifu. So therefore, I can play my, you know, Rayquaza deck, for instance. Yeah. And I, so. I guess the other part that I was going to kind of expand on in tandem with that is... Um, Shadow Rider is definitely still good. It's definitely like still a top-ish tier deck, but mm-hmm. losing losing uh, Gengar Mimikyu feels really bad. To be honest, yeah. like you yeah, don't sure get does. those free turns anymore. Yeah, I mean that's it makes it a lot more fair. I mean, yeah, ability... I mean the the, mute, the Gengar combo into just getting like three free <laughs> abilities the next turn was ridiculous right i mean yeah. it basically gives you if you have three shadow riser shadow riders out gives you like six abilities for free <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, right right <laughs> the uh the way that i think the decks are going to look heading into the future is um certainly more heavy on the alchemy line but like potentially like significantly heavier like a four two or a four three line uh, just so that you can guarantee that turn two um attack on the alchemy v max to accelerate energy because i don't think that going through the shadow riders is going to be um, particularly fruitful just because not that it's necessarily inconsistent but you're just like relying on a lot to like chain those uh together so i I would think that as we head into this new format that players will at least bump up their alchemy line you know to three two where it was you know one one or two two in this current format and then yeah. potentially go up to, you know, 4-3, 4-2. Probably not 4-4, four, four, but you get the idea. Just like four, a boosted a Alchemy that's line. A, that's an Alchemy deck now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, But I would imagine something like that would happen just so that you're guaranteed to have more basics down so that your uh, Alchemy VMAX attack is more impactful, right? Because you don't want to use that attack when you only have like, you know, three basics, right? That's just, it kind of defeats the point of it. But uh, but also just so that you're more able to get the VMAX into the active and attacking when you need it to. Yeah, and actually just getting the basics down is pretty relevant, honestly. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. When you're talking sure. about using that, the adornment attack, you know, it's very easy to like, turn to not have a full bench. And, it, and it's not going to happen a lot, too, because you think about the format and how slow it's going to be. Like, I think a lot of people aren't really realizing that we're losing the best draw card of the last two years. Maybe more than that. Yeah. I mean, you know, certainly uh, since Shaman, right. And it's just like, we're losing to Dene and that really speeds games up. Like, I I don't think we've quite grasped how quickly uh, decks can maneuver uh, with that Dene GX in there. Uh, And losing that, I think is going to be very, um, very interesting for a lot of players just like oh you know we get more turns um there's a little bit more of an inconsistency on that first turn right where we're not seeing as many cards i actually think going second is probably going to be the way to go we've kind of supporters yeah 
you know, we've kind of fallen into going first with a lot of that. You know, you think like ADP, like going first, like you just get almost an extra turn because that the DNA functions uh, effectively as a supporter. But with Crobat, it just doesn't have the same impact that the Dene does. And so I think we'll just see pretty much for every deck outside of maybe um, outside of maybe the Urshifu deck, the Rapid Strike Urshifu of just like, hey, I'm just going to go second so that I can get my supporter off. Yeah, and I think uh, when you talk about Crobat, I think it's important to realize like the context that Crobat's coming into this as well. Like, this is a format where there's a lot of cards that'll just be hanging in your hand. You know, right. a lot of even outside of the energy, there's like pretty thick supporter lines because you don't have like the S Seeker or anything. There's evolving Pokemon, which will always clog up your hand, and there's not a ton of thinning cards besides like Quick Ball. <laughs> so, right. It's like not easy to you you know you're not crobatting for six turn one very often. <laughs> yes, no, for sure, for sure. So yeah, that kind of pace of format is going to be really interesting. Where like the best consistency card is an evolution, right? We're we're gonna see Drizzile be in pretty much everything, uh, and I think that's really exciting for the health of the game, uh, particularly. But um, I also wanted to say that I think another deck that could be good, and I've I've wanted to say it's going to be good and it's always kind of been muddled in that tier three <laughs> area but i think intellion has a shot um i think that Italian, the, Italian. the energy disruption is good you know you think about rayquaza like just being able to pick up energy uh, i think it has the space if you wanted to use crushing hammers like crushing hammer seems like a good card again you have a lot of these decks that are really reliant on how much energy they have in play rayquaza shadow rider um, you know, I guess Eternatus to an extent, but you can get those back with Moltres, but you, you get the idea. Like, I think energy disruption is, um, is going to be better now in the, in the post rotation. So something like Intellion, I think could do really well. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I see the merits there and definitely pick up the Intellion line. Uh, we'll <laughs> talk more about that after the card of the day. That's right. Well, today's card of the day. Uh, speaking of Neogenesis, I I have this card that uh, it just to me it it embodies kind of like the second generation of Pokemon in the way that Charizard embodies kind of that first generation of Pokemon cards, uh, and it's Typhlosion from Neogenesis. Now Typhlosion uh, from Neogenesis, not an attacker at all uh not even a support pokemon at all there there was a typhlosion at the time that had a relevant ability uh, but this one just a crappy card but awesome <laughs> but awesome artwork like it just looks very simple very clean um very menacing i just i and it's very simple you know very much without frill in a lot of ways like charizard was right it's just in an attacking pose the art Looks great. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, this Typhlosion got a Pokemon power and one attack. So Fire Boost says when you play Typhlosion from your hand, you may flip a coin. So imagine playing a Pokemon power that wasn't guaranteed or an <laughs> on ability. A stage two. Right, on a stage two. So, you know, again, like not a playable card. But it says if heads, search your deck for up to four Fire Energy cards and attach them to Typhlosion. 
So that effect is pretty good. And if the poke power didn't have a flip, which they were very prone to do back in the day, like oh, I think a they lot were just, of flips in Neo. <laughs> they were just really worried, I think, about things getting too overpowered. So they wanted to make sure that there was some kind of check on that. So uh, yeah, just weird stuff on that poke power. But you could search your deck for up to four energy, so you get to like just accelerate to it uh, from the deck, which is cool when you evolve it. And then the flame wheel attack, horrible attack. <laughs> <laughs> does 80 damage for four energy again keep in mind this is stage two and then you're forced to you don't even get to choose you're forced to discard three fire energy cards <laughs> in order to use the attack so like you fight like like i'm just imagining somebody playing the typhlosion and they're like all right i'm gonna fire boost hope i hit heads and then like they hit heads and they get the energy and then like they attack one time with flame wheel and then they're like <laughs> now what and is the, the fire boost is when it comes into play or every turn yeah no it's it's when you play it <laughs> so, so you get one <laughs> shot <laughs> yeah you get, exactly you don't miss your shot you know <laughs> and then you do like a 20 snipe uh to each bench with and the flame and then wheel sneasel comes in and one shots you <laughs> yeah for two energy right exactly exactly yeah sneasel can do what like i guess sneasel could do what potentially like 160 for two yeah. like double the damage right if you have four special dark and a full bench and you well, flip be, all heads so technically if you want 60 for four i guess because you have four oh energy. 160 for four yeah sure but sure, if you sure. want 140 for two with two yeah. darks it's like uh that's not that's not a good uh, value proposition <laughs> on a basic that is for your treat <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous but anyway typhlosion from neogenesis number 18 love there you it go. that's awesome that's awesome uh it's funny because when you're describing the ability i was planning on asking you like do you think it would be playable if the ability wasn't a flip but it, it sounds like no <laughs> yeah no no not that's at all brutal man that's brutal. it's horrible yep <laughs> well there you go Typhlosion is a huge fan favorite. Didn't make the transition to 3D very well, but yeah, for still, some reason it just it didn't really work. I don't know why. It's because they turned the fire off in 3D. Oh uh, yes, true. Yeah, he's not really Flosion anymore. He's just tie. <laughs> 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 I don't know, man. It's been a long day. <laughs> I can tell. So let's talk then about post-rotation a little bit more. Namely, what we're kind of looking at in terms of cards propositions for post-rotation. So we talked a couple weeks ago about some staples to pick up. Obviously, like the Intelli Online was one of the first things that we called out. Like, get this for sure. <laughs> You'll regret it if you don't. Um and so I, if you have any more of those, I'd be curious to hear about them. But I think it might be nice to kind of just take a step back, look at a high level, and talk about when you're looking at things in a post-rotation, you're looking at exploring a post-rotation, either buying cards or building a deck, what are the kinds of things that you look for, JW, in, in your experience? Sure. Well, I'm always looking for cards that can do something that I can't normally do generally generally so like a great example of that is um 
<clears throat> you know, the the uh the the, the Shadowrun. Yeah, a great example of that is <laughs> da, 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 uh, <laughs> Oh, there isn't any of them. Oh, well, it's wrong. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, a great example of that is the Shadow Rider, where with the ability you get to attach energy, so you get to attach extra energy for turn, and then you also do, uh, you know, you get to draw cards on an ability, right? So, like, that's just good. We all know that. That's kind of, like, impressed into our brains uh-huh. at this point. Um, but then, like, you know, you look at other cards that, you know, and, and some of these are the most obvious ones, right? Like Pokemon's only giving us a handful of archetypes uh, in any set. So like, I'm going to say like, oh, Rayquaza is good because you can discard your hand and draw three. And like, duh, right? Like, duh, that's good to draw more cards. Like that's generally always going to be good. But, um, you know, there, there also comes a point where it's like you have to decide on what you want to test. Right. So like I can tell you like it's good, but like how do you prioritize? And I guess that's kind of where you split hairs uh, with the new format. Right. Because you're wanting to put all your time and energy into testing a small handful of decks because you don't want to have to go through every single archetype to figure out what's the best one. Like that's just so tedious, so time consuming. Just nobody got time for that. Because, you know, there's not really. A, a real event uh, and then people are playing with paper and it just, it gets hard. Right. Um, so how, I guess the question like I pose back to you is like, how do you determine, you know, the, the wheat from the chaff? Like how do you determine what's good versus what you should maybe put on the back burner for now when you're heading into a new format? Yeah. Yeah. And we were actually talking about this over the course of the week. I think, I think one thing you have to keep in mind whenever you're building a Pokemon deck is kind of like balancing your power and your consistency, right? Like there are there are cards that are very powerful, but not super consistent. And there are cards that are very consistent, but maybe not super powerful. And there are a bunch of cards that are in the middle of that spectrum. Um, when a rotation happens, the cards that you should scoop up first always are the consistency cards. Those are the cards that spike up a ton, those are the cards that will ultimately form the the bones of whatever deck that you build. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thinking of if you for some reason don't have researchers or Marnies, like those are going to be the cores of your decks. If you don't have Intellions or Drizziles, those are going to be core components of many of the decks uh, because they are just such fundamental consistency to what will make your deck actually work in practice. Um, And what you typically will see in a post-rotation format is because they are so narrow in scope, having a consistent deck is just a valuable trait in of itself because every deck will lose some amount of consistency. So being able to execute on your strategy reliably is a huge plus. So that's where I would start, as I would start with things that utilize things like Drizzile and Inteleon effectively because those are really going to be the most consistent cards available to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if you're thinking about those cards, what kind of archetypes do they fit in the best? Um, Well, naturally, you know, if we're looking immediately at post-rotation, they fit in with Rapid Strike the best because they can also search out Rapid Strike cards with the the attack on the Sobble. So that leaves, Mm -hmm. like, the Blaziken Zerora decks, and it leaves the... um, the Rapid Strike or Shifu decks. So those are literally the two archetypes I would start with before anything else, because they have a fundamental tie to the most consistent right. archetypes in the metagame. 
Um, and they're already like proven known quantities that you can quickly like ship off and, and take your like your existing frameworks and make work. Um, after I go through like those decks, the next things I would look at is things that maybe are a little less consistent but have a really high power ceiling. Um, so in this format, I think that would be like a Rayquaza VMAX would be the next thing I would look at. Mm-hmm. Um, in previous formats, you might have seen that manifest as like a as a <laughs> Mega Rayquaza EX. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know back in, so true. back in like 2018 12 20 what 2012 oh, oh. <laughs> oh you're saying rayquaza oh okay sorry i was talking <laughs> no you're saying I, said rayquaza mega. GX. I said mega rayquaza ex oh you said mega rayquaza because e- that's the funny thing right because there's like mega rayquaza <laughs> ex there's rayquaza gx yeah. basically both any like, deck that has rayquaza in the name fits they're in both like archetype. nuts on the table like all in turn <laughs> you know one two three like just dig through the entire deck and then like i've been thinking the whole time about rayquaza ex with the electrics it's kind of a weird combination of all of them isn't it it's bizarre yeah rayquaza yeah. definitely has a has a mold that it's fit itself into. <laughs> yeah, it's been typecast. For sure, you know. Um, but yeah, so like those are the things that I usually try next is because I they're fun to execute on. And usually if you can find a way to make these high roller decks even like remotely consistent, yeah. um, they will thrive in a post-rotation metagame because everything else is so much more inconsistent. Uh, a right. good historical example of that is actually Rayquaza GX. When um, Andrew Mahone and JW and I played that at the Philadelphia Regionals a couple of years ago, uh, that truthfully was not the most consistent deck out there in the grand scheme of things. But we it had a high power ceiling, and we made it consistent enough where it could stay in the game versus a lot of the meta. Um, and so that's kind of where I would start is... Mm-hmm. I would start with the most consistent proven archetypes and I would start with the maybe less consistent but high power level archetypes. And kind of work your way out. Yeah. And then from yeah. there, I would try like the more niche things that just generally interest me. Like I have my pet deck every single set. I have a pet deck that I talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And so then I would like branch off into those things. Um, I would recommend doing a similar strategy. You know, the decks that you choose within there might be a little bit different. Um, but kind of work off of that framework of starting with things that you know work and you know how they work and branching out from there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great advice. I think going with what you know is going to save you some time, right? Because like, okay, at least you have something in your back pocket, right? If you're trying to prepare for an event and you're trying to make something new work without really testing what we already have, like you might find yourself disappointed when you get to the event because you didn't have that solid foundation. So knowing what we've already had and knowing that intimately and being able to port that over into the new rotation is where I would start, like you said, uh, just because then I have a basis for what I could expect uh, not only from my opponent, but like also like a backup plan for like if my new archetype goes horribly wrong in testing and i just can't quite make it work like i have something to fall back on yeah that i feel good about 
And this honestly is something that a lot of people fall into the trap of, not even just in rotation, like whenever a set comes out, is they'll immediately try and test like the new things against each other without making sure that like the proven archetypes are not still a relevant factor. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There's plenty of historical examples of that. Um, We've even seen it just in formats in general where like, the new decks kind of dominate the early tournaments because that's what people have put the time into and then like a couple weeks later it just ends up being like the old decks are still really good sure Uh, who knew yeah yeah so um i guess another like tangential piece of advice i would give is if you're testing a new thing start against the stuff that you know works (laughs) yes true true True. Don't try and just test the new things against each other and pick the better of the two because <laughs> because they might just be significantly worse than what's already out there. I remember I did that one time with a Victini EX Plasma. Or no, it was Victini EX, not a Plasma Pokemon, I don't believe. It and then Articuno, plasma. Articuno EX Plasma and like Lugia <laughs> plasma and it was like this yeah with the v piece and i thought i was like hot stuff and i was like testing it against all my friends like yeah like you said post rotation or you know whatever new decks right with the new set and then i bring it to league and everyone's playing the old stuff and i just get smacked oh man i thought i had this really cool archetype that i was working on and it just turns out it's it's actually garbage that's sick (laughs) so if you all have any thoughts, though, we'd love to hear them. Um, it's always a little bit of a push and pull when trying to like experiment in these new formats. Um, please, please, please do buy your Inteleon sooner than later because you're going to regret it if you don't. They've already started to spike in price pretty absurdly, uh, in my opinion. Really? What do you think they should be? I don't know what they should be. But it feels bad to buy a Drizzile for 10 bucks or more. <laughs> oh, is that what they're at right now? That's what it was at when I was looking at the other day. Maybe that's not, maybe that's a okay, constant I, fluctuation. But. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I saw $5, but yeah. I mean, it's even $10, then, like, it's a, that's just straight up, like, a, an uncommon that you get in, like, the evolution pack when <laughs> Sword yeah. and Shield came out. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, you should not be spending that much. You know, like, I still have... I have my original pre-release deck from Sword and Shield still built, and I just like to shuffle it sometimes. And there's just like Drizziles just in there from the Evolution kit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I gotta say, Riley, I didn't take that advice. Oof. I still need to get my Drizziles and my Intellions. Let me be the first to say oof. I know. Well, I have... Like a lot of the other things, I, I splurged a little. Don't tell my wife. I bought the uh, Rainbow Rare, um, the Rainbow Rare Urshifus. You bought Rainbow Rare Urshifus, not the Altar Urshifus, and you bought it before you have any Inteleons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm crazy. He's unhinged, ladies and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, watch out. Watch out. No, well, that's not the craziest thing I've ever done, too. Well, I guess the message that I'm hearing based on feedback from you in chat is the Drizzile is in constant flux. So <laughs> get them whenever you see them for a reasonable price. What would you say is reasonable? How would you? I would say like $5 or less is reasonable enough okay. for an uncommon. 
Okay, um, gotcha. It feels really bad when it starts to get more than that. Yeah, for sure. I don't think we've seen an uncommon in recent memory get that high. Uh, I mean, we had like Max Elixir was very expensive. Sure, maybe the trainers. Okay, okay. Yeah, Max Elixir was like nearing what, 10 VSC, 10 or more? VSC 12? was over $10 for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it happens occasionally. Crazy. Wanted to give you all a preview, though, of what the next couple of weeks are looking like in terms of the tag team. So next week, <laughs> we will be doing a season highlight reel. We'll be talking about some of the top moments from the last year in the Pokemon trading card game. So be on the lookout for that. If you have any ideas, feel free to shoot us over a DM on Twitter and we'll check that out. Um, the week after that, so recording on the 25th and released on the 26th of August, we'll be doing a analysis of the post-rotation metagame as well as the gym leader challenge metagame heading mm-hmm. into the full grip double header 1K. So if you are planning on heading to that event and need any last-minute tips, Tag Team is the place to get them. You'll want to listen into to that one. Um, or if you have any other post-rotation events that are coming up that weekend, it's a perfect place to come check them out. And yeah. then, starting in September, sorry to cut you off, got <laughs> Season 4. That's right. I can't believe it. Yeah. I've been going strong for a long time. So... Really excited to to bring home the next season, uh, as well as just a new season of Pokemon. Yeah, any any teasers that we can give about the new season? Any teasers that we can give about the new season? No, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We did say follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we did say, remember, Riley, that we were going to do some some merch. We did. We do still want to do merch. We do still yes. want to do merch. Maybe we'll do like a couple of designs and have like a vote. Uh, that that could be cool. All to say, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. At Tag Team Pokemon. That's podcast. at Tag Team Pokemon. Uh, and if you want to check out our personal Twitters, I'm at Smiles Riles, and Mr. JW Creewall is at Real John Walter. If you ever want to check out the podcast recorded live every wednesday uh you can check it out at twitch.tv slash munner most weeks uh jw also hosts the podcast on his channel occasionally (laughs) and he does a lot of great content on his channel so you want to check him out uh that's at twitch.tv slash flex daddy righteous and make sure you're watching the flex daddy righteous youtube channel guys jw has content that you will not believe coming out all the time he's doing some history of the pokemon trading card game and it's been a joy to watch yeah but next one i i'm hoping to get that one out by the end of the weekend so it's going to be a good one i have the script written up but now it's just like recording it editing and all that stuff. this man has scripts guys it's crazy it is crazy (laughs) if you know me at all it is crazy so make sure you check out his stuff make sure you check out full grip games for all your evolving skies needs And we will check you next time. Peace. See ya.